0: Have you seen the Atomos Sapphire F8? So, no. you know, Atomos makes the Ninja 5 and the Shinobi S8. Like, uh, F8. F8. F Sapphire F8. It's made by Atomos and it's an 8K cinema camera sensor and it can capture 8K video at up to 60 frames per second can do 4K at 240 frames per second and 1080p at 360 frames per second. Whoa. It has 12-bit output and up to 15 stops of dynamic range. And somehow this is made by Atomos, so... Thought, I thought did not know that
1: Atomos was making sensors. That's super yeah. super
0: cool. I thought it was thought it was kind of cool. We may have to dig into that more.
1: What the heck are they going to do with this thing? I,
0: I don't know. And I thought I saw something that made it seem like they were going to make a, a cinema camera, and that's like why
1: they were doing it. Um, Seventeen by nine. It's yeah. not. It's not a uh, Trans. So I don't really care. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not green enough <laughs> i just need i just need more green that's all
0: and apparently they they had put together a team of former canon and sony engineers and they were planning on making a cinema camera whoa but apparently they stopped because black magic entered the camera business and that was that was what what made them not uh not do it well that's but, something else but they still have this
1: sensor I and mean, I mean, this I is know. this is like Helios red, you know, that sort of deal. Like, yeah, like cinema grade hundred thousand dollar camera sensors type thing. Sure. Seems like it. Yeah, that's cool. So, that's really cool. Might be something to keep an eye on. Kind of kind of yeah. me. Man, that's neat. I did not know about that. Now you do. All right. I'm going to jump into my pre-show topic. Here. All right. As you well know, I lost my 16 millimeter 1.4. As I as I frequently remind mm-hmm. you. Yep. Uh huh. Uh, so coming up, you know, is all those November Christmas sales and it feels like a pretty good time if one was going to replace a lens to replace a lens. That's probably true. And so yeah. Tamron is working on coming out with their, you know, whatever Fuji glass they're going to sell. And they have, uh, they have their two zooms. I said they said they're going to come out with a third. don't know what it's going to be, but I assume it's going to be some sort of wide angle zoom mm-hmm. like, uh you know maybe what is it what do they have is that 12 to 20 is that right 12 to twenty 2.8 that sounds it... that sounds
0: right 11 yeah. it may
1: be 11 to 20 it is 11 to 20 mm-hmm. 2.8 which feels like a pretty good pretty good range for a wide angle zoom yeah yeah not necessarily wanting to replace like a super fast prime with a wide angle zoom so there's obviously I just buy the same lens right I buy the 16 millimeter 1.4 which, you know, it's 24 millimeter frame, full frame equivalent. It's 1.4. It has a really close focal focusing distance. It's like six centimeters or something. Basically, you put the lens hood on and you can touch the lens hood hood to something and it's still in focus. That's pretty cool. Yeah. it makes it a lot really easy whenever uh, you're trying to take a picture of a dog and the dog's like coming at you. And it's like right up in your face or like right on the camera. You can still take a picture. Is this something that happens to you often? All the time. Yeah. It's very uh, common common photo taking all all of your photos are just a dog nose yep just right right there uh so that's that's one of the big selling points for that lens for me is the the kind of macro i think it's like a 1.1 to 4 or 1 to 2 reproduction so not like a true macro but pretty good fuji came out with the 18 millimeter 1.4 prime as one of their new linear motor weather weather sealed right primes right and it's like, is the 18 millimeter a replacement for the 16 millimeter? Or are they going to come out with another 16 millimeter? Mm. I mean, they're working on replacing all of their lenses with new lenses because they have this new 40 megapixel sensor. And so things have to like resolve to 40 megapixels. And the 16 millimeter doesn't 18 millimeter does. They came out with the 33 millimeter 1.4, which I think is a replacement for the 35 millimeter. And, but like they still sell 35 millimeter 1.4. And so, I don't know if I should like wait to see if there's going to be a new 16 because that current 16 is eight years old. Yeah. But did line- you actually have any problems with your 16? Was no, there something- I didn't. The new linear motors are supposed to be really good and really quiet and really fast. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if like I should wait to see if Tamron comes out with something, if I should buy the 16 Or if I should buy the 18. Right. And I don't know how much the difference between 20, like full frame equivalent 24 versus 27 matters to me. Mm. I feel like having that little extra bit of width is pretty significant, especially on the wide end. Yeah. But the 18 millimeter is a newer lens and it's basically the same price if you can find them used. Uh, And so I just, I kind of don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I, I really liked that lens and i always felt like going from 18 to 16 was big enough to justify having two lenses yeah cuz you had the 18
0: 55 so you were familiar right. with right i had 18 to 55
1: like. 2.8 to f4 just standard zoom mm-hmm. and so i felt like i could justify having the 16 just cuz it is that much wider like it's noticeably wider percentage wise it is right and but i have, now i have the 17 to 70 tamron And 17 versus 16 is like. like I don't know, though. I
0: mean, I the problem with the 17 to 70 is that it's pretty distorted at that 17. end. Right. like, I actually don't like taking pictures at 17 unless it's like if you're taking a picture of like a room full of people, you may not be able Mm -hmm. to tell. But if you're if if it's something where you would notice, then it's kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know.
0: I mean, I guess it feels to me like, you know, you like that lens is one of my favorite lenses. Uh, You talk about it all the time. You talked about it all the time, even before you lost it. And it just feels like that's the safe option, you know. Like yeah. you know, you like it. Replace it. Replace the same same thing. Like you'll be happy with it.
1: I've also considered buying the Sigma sixteen millimeter one point four, but it doesn't focus as close.
0: It doesn't have an aperture ring either, and doesn't have an aperture ring. Yeah, but it is. Did you, you did use the close focus a lot, though. I did.
1: And I thought that was one of like the more more bigger features. Mo bigger, mo bigger, mo better.
0: Uh, I'm just not seeing. A real reason to go with anything other than the 16. Uh,
1: I guess that's right.
0: It just hurts you to buy the same lens twice. So. It's so
1: painful. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm going to buy it and then I'm going to find the other one. But <laughs>
0: that's probably Well, you, then you can give it to me. It'd be a oh very boy. generous thing of you to do. And then we just have more of the same lenses. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the advantage to you buying it is that and you can say that you liked it so much you bought it twice.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, I could say that. Do I want to say that? I don't know if I want to say that. You don't want to admit that. It's too late. The internet knows. Yeah. I just feel like before the end of the year, I'm going to buy that lens again. I think you're probably right. I don't know. It's just harder to justify getting that lens now than what it was when I bought it the first time. Why is that? (laughs) Like, Like, I'm going on a trip next week, and it would be cool to have a telephoto. And mm-hmm. if I bought a lens between now and then, you know, just yeah, excellent just bottle casually, lens Yeah. <laughs> In the next five, five to seven days, I could buy the what's this? Is like three point five to six point three, what one hundred to three hundred? That kind of casual zoom, just because like I don't need the f stops. I just I need reach, yeah. right? Uh, and so, like, I could buy that lens, yeah. which would be an interesting. You know, it's smaller than the fifty to one forty, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's like a travel telephoto, sure. which I just don't have. My longest lens is 85 millimeters. Sure. Maybe I would get more use out of that, trying to take pictures of bears without getting eaten. Yeah. Right. Uh, or maybe I take a bear a picture of a bear with a 16 millimeter. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, that might win you an award. Yeah, it just feels like, what kind of life do I want to live right yeah, now? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's,
0: that's the decision. I mean,
1: if I can focus on the bear at 10 centimeters <laughs> i feel like i should
0: like i mean you said earlier that you know you you like getting those pictures where the dog is coming at you and gets in your face what if that was a bear instead
1: <laughs> that's, i mean right i won't be i won't miss the shot yeah because as the bear comes to maul me it will that's be in focus the it, entire yeah, time Yeah, you'll get a great picture of the bear's nose mm-hmm, perfect ideal <laughs> yeah okay i think i think that's right i think the 16 over the telephone yeah, is the right choice so. for
0: bear photography i think so too
1: <laughs> now we know yeah, if you want to borrow my fifty to one forty for that trip, you're welcome to. I thought about asking, but it's just—it's so big and heavy. It is, and big I just don't—I don't want to deal with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. The sixteen's the right choice.
1: <laughs> yes, it's the between choosing between the fifty to one forty and the sixteen <laughs> <laughs> when I'm t- taking the exact same photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really just a toss up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same thing. Why are we even talking about it? <laughs> Welcome back
0: to the Camera Gear Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Lucas. And we're back to talk more about the gear side of
1: photo and video. So what are we talking about today?
0: Uh, what are we talking about today? I guess we're talking about cameras. That seems like something that we've done before on the show. Yeah, that seems reasonable. So a while back, we talked about camera rumors. And then a funny thing happened where we released that show and the same day some of those cameras got announced. Yep. Yep. And so that either made us look smart or dumb. Mm -hmm. I don't know which. Who knows? But maybe we should talk about those cameras.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of of cameras to talk about. I mean, there's obviously there's the Sony a7R5 and then there's the Canon R6 Mark II. And both of those have been announced. Yep. And then there's the X-T5 and there's the OM5. And there's the Nikon Z five. That's a lot of fives. Yeah. So a lot of stuff has come out. I mean, I, I figure maybe we just kind of focus in on one of them and we can kind of chew through yeah. the other ones as the weeks move on. And that sounds good. I mean, it's not like these cameras are getting getting any younger, but at the same time, like these are gonna be the cameras that are out for the next two years. Yep. So Yep. They will be the ones the YouTubers are all talking about. Yep. And most of them aren't even, you know, actually out yet. Like the mm. A the A seven R five doesn't ship until early December. So we've got plenty of time. Yeah. Well, uh, where should we start? I think I want to start with the Sony. I think that one is kind of there. It's that's the flagship. That's the big the big boy that came out. And so I kinda of wanna to, wanna to dig into that, you know, maybe kind of see who that camera's for, talk about some of the features. It seems seems pretty cool. Yeah, that works. So I think this one is this is their high megapixel photo camera. Which really all of those cameras that, that just came out, it feels like this is this is the line of photo cameras yeah maybe less so the R six mark ii i mean earlier this
0: year we got all the video stuff right like xh2s fx30 Mm -hmm. all that and now it's kind of like they've they've done the video stuff and now they're going back more to photo cameras yeah
1: yep and i definitely want to talk about the a7r5 from the guise of taking pictures and not so much the video specs similar to the canon r5 which is not going to get confusing at all (laughs) these are both like they're the high megapixel photo cameras and one of the you know big selling points is 8k video Right. right and i just don't really think that's the main target for this i think that's like a spec sheet thing and that maybe some people are using the 8k but realistically i think these are These are all photo cameras. And then for people who need some of that hybrid hybrid functionality, it's there for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what it is on the A7R5, but on the Canon R5, the 8K is pretty limited. You can't record for very long with it.
1: Right. Right. I think that the A7R5 doesn't have record limits, but it can shoot up to 8K 30, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just like, it's okay. It's still 10 bit, which is great, but you know, it, it's it's cropped and it's just not as not quite as i know it's fine yeah i mean
0: and if we're honest most people most people probably are not doing projects in 8k they may not have a computer that can handle it and i i imagine most people with the budget to shoot 8k are using something bigger
1: sure and with most of the with that high megapixel sensor i mean most of what you're wanting to get is like maybe something that's oversampled and the oversample capabilities on the a7r5 are just not super great like you have to crop into apsc mode and then you shoot 6.2k over sample down to 4k Yeah, if you want that over sample 4k image right and if you want uncropped 4k it's binned and it's just it's mm-hmm. been line skipped from 8k down to 4k really it's like not a video camera not really like most of the features if, if you don't need to shoot 8k if you're going to shoot 4k or whatever the a7 4 is going to be just as good if not better from those yeah, videos at, at a
0: much cheaper yeah. price because they the a7r5 is priced at the msrp is 3900 right and a74 is like 2500 yeah right around 25 that's a that's, huge difference yeah so like you can almost buy one sony lens for that price difference
1: i mean you whenever if you pair it with uh you know 28 to 70 or whatever g master yeah. it's the same price right you yep. can have a buy a camera and a lens or just a camera so yeah. i think when it comes to video like the A74 is probably kind of the better choice and if you need the 8K or something really premium mm-hmm. maybe you spend another another $2000 and for 6500 get the A1 cuz so like the A1 I mean I'm kidding like I don't know anyways the A1 is the stack sensor and so because of that it can shoot up to 8K uncropped versus the you know A7R5 which is yeah, cropped an aggressive crop yeah so I mean, the, the big selling feature for, for this camera is that 61 megapixel sensor. Yeah. It's not anything bigger than or more resolution than the one that came before it, the a7R4. Well, then what sets it apart? It, it I mean, it's newer processor, better autofocus, okay. a bunch of other features. So, like, you're not getting more megapixels. So, if you're happy with a7R4... I mean, or if you're trying to get into something that is, you know, a high-resolution sensor, you might be able to find a cheaper A7R 4 Yeah. The video specs are better, but what they've done is they've taken the processor from the A1, mm-hmm. and they've brought it down to the A7R five.
0: Almost what I'm most excited about is that it would make the A7R 4 cheaper.
1: Yeah, sure. That would be pretty good. I think that some of these features that it has are, are pretty great. So, it has a better EVF. They've taken the same high resolution 9.4 million dot EVF from the a one. They've taken the processor from the a one, which is Sony saying it's like four times as fast as the a seven R four. Okay. So a lot faster processor, which means better rolling shutter performance. Uh, it's not faster image burst. Those are still 10 frames per second for image burst um, for the four versus the five. But better autofocus and, and that sort of thing. The video specs are improved all because of that faster processor. So better autofocus, better processor. Uh, the flippy screens, it's kind of the coolest iteration yeah, of. Yeah, the
0: flippy screens seem pretty neat. Because it seemed like it could, do, it could do a normal tilt screen, but you can mm-hmm. also flip it.
1: Yeah, it's very similar to what panasonic's done before them where it tilts but then it also flips out except the sony does the does a down tilt and an up and actually you can pull it Uh away from the body so it's an improvement on what panasonic was doing yeah
0: i mean stuff like that seems like it's just a hinge i mean every camera should have that mechanism sure that is such a simple part of it they can have all these amazing cameras that have amazing video specs and then they do something dumb with the hinge. Yeah. You know, like, I, honestly, the X-H2S one's a little disappointing, knowing that there's these better ones out there, you know, like, why can't I tilt and flip it?
1: You know? Right, right. It's, I guess, it's like, it becomes more complicated, but this is I think what most people have agreed is like this is the perfect compromise. Yeah. Because you have the tilt screen people and you have the flippy screen people and this is basically both. Yeah. And you can even get it off of the body so that if you are doing any sort of, you know, eight K recording, mm-hmm. it's gonna help mm-hmm. with the heat dissipation and you know, yeah. we maybe get it out of the way of any external recording connections that you have. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's it's a pretty nice screen solution. And I think that we're just gonna kind of see that on most sony stuff going forward it does feel like you know with, with like the resolution of the evf and the autofocus and the flip screen there's a lot of cool sony kind of innovations that they're you know guys like the the one who always pushes things these things are kind of ahead a little bit than you know things like maybe the canon r5 or you know the nikon z6 mark ii or whatever. Which that's not a competitor. I guess it would be the Z seven, but they haven't come out with a Z seven Mark II yet. Mm-hmm. So that camera's the high resolution icon's still pretty old. So let's there's those are cool like quality of life improvements over the previous generation camera. The the screens, the um, you know, the screen resolution, the EVF resolution, that sort of thing. They also improve the IBIS a lot. They it's it's up to eight stops. Oh, okay. And it's five axis.
0: That's that's pretty good. I, I think that's more than I've heard of from other camera manufacturers. Yeah,
1: most people are in that six seven range. Mm-hmm. Eight is definitely up there. I don't think anyone's doing more than that, and it doesn't necessarily get the same like weird wide angle wobble that mm-hmm. the canons do. So better better ibis than compared to because like the Canon R five is like the direct competitor to this. It's the same price. It's Canon's high resolution sensor. It shoots the eight K. Blah blah blah. It is lower megapixel. This is sixty-one versus forty. That's a big difference. Yep, I mean it's it's up there. It is one of the highest resolution full-frame camera mm-hmm. sensors you can get. So, and that's why it's like this is the like this is the photo camera. You can still they can do you can do your landscape photography. You can do your portrait photography. I don't think it's necessarily for uh, for like sports.
0: Yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It's not that fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like
1: 10, 10 fps uh,
0: mechanical shutter. Right.
1: And that's the readout speed. It's like, how Mm. fast can you read? Oh, it's the Z9. I forgot about that one. That's the high resolution Nikon top of the line. Right, right. That's a pretty good camera. That came out this year. Let's
0: talk about that. But the 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 Z9
1: is more of like an A1 competitor. The Z7 would be the competitor Mm. to the, But the Z7 Mark II would be the competitor to this camera, which isn't out.
0: I think some of the other downsides to the... Uh, high resolution sensor, the rolling shutter. Yeah, it's definitely not as good. Uh, it seems like it's okay, but I mean, Sony Sony cameras have always struggled with, ro- with rolling shutter. Yeah, These especially ones. on those
1: full frame ones. Mm-hmm. The, a, the A1 rolling shutter is pretty good, but it's because yeah. it's stacked yeah. and it's also sixty five hundred dollars. But this one, it seems like the rolling shutter for video is like a little worse than the A7 IV, mm. but it's fine. And from shooting me- with the mechanical shutter at ten frames per second it's it's perfectly acceptable yeah, not really, you're not really only
0: getting 10 frames per second of course it's fine yeah
1: but like if you're tracking somebody who's mm-hmm. running or a car like you're not gonna have slanty posts or whatever in your yeah, shot yeah. from all the sample galleries that i've looked through it's it's good enough like it is a professional grade camera like you you're not gonna yeah. have a ruined image because of the right. sensor readout speed
0: the other the other problem i noted with it from the reviews I saw were the was the low light performance. Mhm. Probably because that sensor is so high resolution, but it right. just seems like the low light performance cannot match some of the other Sony cameras.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you're you're sacrificing your 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 sensor sensitivity for high resolution. When you're not in extended ISO, so just like the native ISO of the sensor, the A7R5 caps out at um, what is it? One hundred and two? No, it's the thirty-two, thirty-two thousand, and then your lower resolution, like the A seven four, is fifty-one two hundred. I think it's a third. Is it a third stop or is that a whole stop? I always lose track because I've never had a camera that can go up that high in ISO. Yeah, sixteen to thirty-two hundred is a stop. I think it's a full stop, basically, of light sensitivity performance, and that's all really noisy, high level, whatever. But it kind of, you know, the noise you know, proportions it's way down. Right. And right. so it, it is going to be a little noisier than something with low, lower, lower megapixel yeah. resolution. Yeah. So for some of those things, it's just not as good. Yeah. But like if you need that high resolution and this one, I mean, this one even comes with the pixel shift image capture. You can capture a 240 megapixel image, man. Imagine trying to store some of
0: those on your computer. <laughs>
1: it would be, it would be huge. Yes. The 61 megapixels in uncompressed are 86 megabytes. So I imagine that a 240 megapixel image is probably like 300 megabytes. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> For just one image. But if you do take one of those and you don't have any like weird movement in the shot and ghosting and everything stitches together perfectly, you could print a five foot by four foot photo in 300 PPI.
0: That's that's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> it's it's huge. <laughs> literally literally it is yep
1: yeah so that's cool other things that they've added are uh they added like the the cf express and sd dual card slot uh which is that's another one of those things like sony it feels like sony's ahead on Mm -hmm. on like the card slots that most other manufacturers aren't doing it's nice that you can have dual of both so now it's it's a good upgrade from the previous version of the camera so like it's it's all just like quality of life things yeah you know if if you're happy with a7r4 and you're happy with that resolution and the speed of it it's fine you probably don't need another you know a four thousand dollar camera yeah. yeah probably not but like if you're coming from like an a7r3 or you're switching to sony from a, from canon and like you're coming from an r5 i mean this is going to be a really nice camera
0: if you're photo focused mm-hmm. probably not the right choice if you're wanting to do a lot of video yeah. Yeah, definitely not.
1: This isn't, I would say this is not a video first camera. It's a photo first camera.
0: I mean, you could use it as a B cam. You could use it to do video in a pinch. You know, sure. If it's yeah, the camera absolutely. you have, then it shouldn't stop you from making videos. But I mean, if you, are if what you want to do is make videos, get an a seven
1: Yeah, definitely. The max flash sync for this camera is one over 250th of a second. Uh, and that's compared to something like the A1, which is one over four hundred. Mm. And so that's a uh, that's like the shutter mechanism. Right. It's like doing that flash sync, and so it's not it is not an improvement from the previous camera. And I saw a few a few reviews that were kind of disappointed with that. So mm. like I don't do any flash work. Yeah. But I can see that like if you're shooting a wedding, I mean this is probably the photo camera that you want, and so that could be pretty annoying. Yeah. Like they I mean, I didn't so. they didn't push the flash sync forward because like. The A1 is. I mean, it's like it's a great camera. It's expensive. It is a lower resolution than this camera. Yeah, and I don't think like the difference between whatever fifty and sixty one is going to really kill anybody. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, most of those people are probably shooting with a a Canon R5, and that's forty. So it probably doesn't matter. But if you need the better flash sync for like event shooting or whatever, maybe you know the A the A1's choice over this. That's a weird little gotcha. Yeah, it is. It just kind of. It would have been nice. Like, they took so many things from the A1 with the EVF and the, um, sorry, not the IBIS, but the uh, the processor. Jeez. Right. All that stuff they moved over, it would have been cool to see if they moved over the, the shutter mechanism. But I guess, you know, you got to cut costs somewhere.
0: Yeah, got to cut costs somewhere on that $3,900 <laughs>
1: camera. I mean, it's expensive, but like. They're barely squeaking out a living over there at Sony. Oh, boy. Yeah, so hard for them. So I was, I am curious, like what else is out there at that, at that resolution that's full frame? Cause like, if you want, you want hundred megapixels, you got to go medium format and like you can get hundred to 110, you know, that sort of thing. But in full frame, most of the competitors of this are, are less resolution, right? You're, we've, I've said it a hundred times, but like the R5 is whatever, 40 megapixels. Uh, the Z7 is right about the same. Um, so it looks like the Leica M11 is 61 megapixels and how much does that camera cost nine nine thousand dollars so like twice as much so that's a lot and then so but it's a
0: leica so you know it's good it's
1: yeah i mean it's a leica right the other one was the sigma fpl surprisingly i did not know that was a 61 megapixel camera i
0: forget that sigma makes cameras sometimes well
1: they made that one yeah and then and no one liked it and 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 then then apparently they they made another one did they make another
0: one well is that the fpl
1: yeah i guess fp and fpl yeah, It's 2500 bucks so. though. pretty cheap. Yeah, it is.
0: But, you know, you have to ask, like, there was a time when megapixels really mattered. Sure. And and I kind of feel like, for the most part, that that's not the most important thing when you buy a camera. And I have to wonder, you know, a $2,500 Sigma camera, like, is that really even in the same ballpark as this? And it just doesn't seem like it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, maybe a, a really good 30 megapixel image from... An A7 IV is going to outperform the sixty-one I, megapixels from a.
0: I would question that, and it, it very well might. And it's like, even if you don't have the same number of megapixels, like, wouldn't you rather have good autofocus performance, good ISO performance? Like, who knows yeah. what the Sigma thing can do? So. Yeah,
1: I just I'm not I'm not as familiar with that one. But I think that like there are still situations where you need that high resolution, right? Sure. Like if you want to print really big stuff, you're shooting for billboards, you're shooting like specific product shots or portraits yeah. or whatever where you need sure. you need 40 megapixels 60 megapixels you know maybe you're shooting me in format 100 landscapes yeah. or whatever and so it's it's good to see like these full frame options that you know Sony is pushing that megapixel count and mm. there's still it's still rumor that like the the next big jump for this the A7R6 is going to be 100 megapixel full frame camera yeah which would be pretty nuts i mean it's you know if if you're not giving
0: much up then sure you want to have more megapixels but you do give something up you pay you pay more and you have you know some of these issues like the the rolling shutter and low light performance and stuff and
1: so it's a trade-off still it is a trade-off and yeah like maybe you're not getting the the best low light performance and that sort of thing but i mean this is going to be the workhorse camera for a lot of people so you think it's gonna be popular oh for sure yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's it's their, I would say it's not their flagship, right? The A1 is the flagship camera. Yeah. But I think, like, not everyone's going out and buying an A1. Mm-hmm. They're going to buy an A7R5. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I guess there'll be some used A7R4s out there now.
1: And they're all still going to be very expensive.
0: Yes. It'll still be a $3,500 camera.
1: Yep. So, it seems pretty good. Cool. I like it. Yeah. It's not, a- I'm not going to buy one.
0: You're not. No. Well, why not? I just don't. Is it because it doesn't have X-Trans? That's why.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it was an X-Trans sensor, maybe I would. Yeah. I don't know.
0: That's that's the deal breaker.
1: <laughs> yep. That's how they got did. They, they but got these, these
0: specs, do you say that it can recognize insects? That's true. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. The improvements to the autofocus seem pretty neat. I really sell on the whole AI thing of like, you know, when someone turns around and knows to change from face detection to Whatever body detection yeah. or head detection. Curious, and, curious to see how well that works. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of like talk about how, you know, like say you're taking up like a portrait and it's focused on someone's eye and they turn, mm-hmm. it kind yeah. of does the math to proportionally adjust its focus based upon them not facing you anymore. So it's like the eye's still in focus even though you can't even see the eye. And then you're like, well, why does that matter then? If, <laughs> if I'm not taking a picture of yeah, it, yeah, the eye is not in, in my shot. Yeah. yeah. But it's more of like if like hair is covering someone's face mm-hmm. for a, you know a couple shots out of five or ten or whatever right that it's tracking that same the same eye location you know through the motion and that sort of thing and so
0: i mean i think all that stuff's really cool yeah and 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 that's one area that cameras have been behind phones on Mm because phones are doing so much now with computational photography and i I still don't think they're ever going to be able to fully make up for the optic differences i think cameras will always take better pictures but I, I mean, do think like
1: ca- this type of camera like mirrorless cameras especially Sony stuff the autofocus is still better than than phones. Yeah, that's th- probably true. I think that like as as we see sensor sizes get larger in phones we're going to probably see more complaints from people that the the autofocus just isn't quite mm-hmm. there.
0: It's interesting. Even still I think there's a lot of potential for mm-hmm. computational stuff on cameras that is not being done and I think we sure. always we always look down on it because You think like, oh, professionals don't want those things. But I mean, for one thing, a lot of people buy these cameras that are not professionals. Mm -hmm. But there's also plenty of room for things that help you out. And you as the professional learn how to use the tools and get better at using the tools. And like it just becomes part of what you do. I mean, it's the same as saying like, you know, a camera shouldn't have a light meter and you should just be able to eyeball it and figure it out. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like it's fine to have tools to help you. And so I think stuff like this is really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's. A lot of that computational stuff is like, what's a, what's a photo or whatever. But
0: the, well, I'm not even talking about like AI art, but I, <laughs> I just mean things that help you take better photos. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that like the Sony with their autofocus, I mean they're they're doing things like the subject detection will automatically like, switch over. Like you can set it to. Like animal, And then it will, you know, jump between like insects or birds or, yep. or dogs or whatever versus, you know, something like the Fuji or, you know, Canon, you have to like pick between the yeah. different subjects because yeah. it's not smart enough to like automatically switch between whatever the subject type is. And mm-hmm. in that, in that way, you know, this new autofocus system is, it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. Cool. Although I am reminded of the Gerald Undone review where he showed that it was doing eye autofocus on the dog's butt. <laughs> it's
1: always hilarious. Yeah uh it doesn't it doesn't have full sensor coverage for the autofocus face detection points uh it's for the apsc portion of the sensor it's 100 mm-hmm. but as you get into like the full full size of the sensor the full, it does full frame yeah the full the full 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 frame it it, it tapers off a little bit yeah but you know if that's you're fair. shooting center frame that's not really that much different yeah it's just kind of uh, shows how, how
0: many people are really autofocusing on like the the last five percent on the edge of the sensor you know
1: i don't know i guess it depends on what you're shooting but it just it shows that like there's still room right like we're not never like there we have never there's always we haven't we haven't hit peak camera no i don't think we hit peak camera things have gotten really cool and really good but you know still a ways to go we need that full sensor coverage on a 100 megapixel full frame camera Mm -hmm. and they can shoot you know 8k without rolling shutter
0: yeah that's it easy simple what's the problem well it's I hope Sony's listening because yeah. that—that's what they need to do next. Yeah, just why not? Yeah,
1: so pretty good, pretty good, very exciting. So in in non-camera news, I don't know. Do oh, we have are time? We,
0: for, are we allowed to talk
1: about non-camera news? I, mean, I don't know. And do do we have time for a non-camera subject? I think we do. Okay, yeah. so uh, the these were announced, you know, in the summer, but uh, the Atomos Atom XCast and Zato Connect. Now, are those? Is Zotto a brand?
0: Or? It's just like a sub. It's like it's oh, what, so, what they're calling it. These okay, are all Atomos so, things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Similar, those similar
1: to their 8K camera sensor. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Those are out. I guess they're finally shipping. Okay. And I was looking through them, and it's, it seems pretty
0: cool. So what do that? What do they
1: do? Okay. So the Atomos, they are the Atom X Cast, turns your whatever Ninja Five, Ninja Five Plus into a a streamer, right? Okay. Or a channel switcher, and so it take a, you can do four HDMI inputs, and the Ninja does the encoding, and then it has you can use the screen on the Ninja to you know switch between your angles, and you can do your you know transitions and your fades and whatever. Okay. And you can output a HDMI video feed or or USB. Sorry, you can put out a USB C to your computer to stream on your computer, mm-hmm. or you can put that out to the zato Connect which is a wireless encoder and then that will feed out a video signal to Zoom, Teams, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, oh, all okay. the things. Cool. And so you it, it basically turns your your Ninja into a into a streaming solution. Yeah, okay. And it it slots like right into the uh like instead of you putting like an SD, you know, SSD into the back of your Ninja, your Ninja slides into this thing and then you just run all your That's cables cool. in.
0: I, it kind of reminds me of the thing that Blackmagic makes where they have like the Ada mini and stuff. Right. You know, they have all those those HDMI switchers. I guess it's kind of a similar concept.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's I don't remember the pricing, but it's not too expensive. And it's a really interesting, you know, use of a Ninja. Like you have this monitor. You can run all these lines in and, and you yeah. know, do your live switching.
0: That's that's cool. I mean, you know, all the streaming stuff is, has gotten so popular. Mm-hmm. And it's such a big deal now. I mean, it makes sense for them to get into this. And I feel like I remember them also talking about a lot of like, uh, it seemed like they were focusing a lot on cloud stuff generally, like things that let you transmit from, you know, maybe from the camera to like upload proxies automatically for an editor to work on or whatever. And so it kind of just feels like this, this just slides right into that same category, you know, like, like how do you connect your camera to other things? Mm -hmm. It looks like the Atomex cast is $200. That's not too bad. I mean, no, it's not. I I can't remember how much an Atom Mini is. To me, that's the most obvious competitor. But I think it's a lot more than that. And that's yeah. I mean, if you already have a Ninja, that's a really good price.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know who who doesn't have a Ninja? Yeah, yeah. I guess there's plenty. Who people. doesn't? It looks like an Atom Mini Switcher is 195. Oh, okay. But, like, there's no screen on that. It's just the board itself, which, like, fine. I guess that works. Does the Atom switcher do encoding? Like, will it send out the signal? Or is it just is it just switching, like, literally doing feed pass-through? I think it's just switching. Yeah. I guess maybe that's the difference. Yeah, maybe so. Because, like, the Atom X Connect is... It will output up to 1080 60 frames per second. Okay, and so it's it's taking the feeds and it's doing the encoding and doing the transitions and all that stuff and outputting you know via USB so you can run it basically as a camera input. Mm-hmm. Like your computer will see it as you know whatever kind of you know digital camera input, like webcam or whatever, into into your streaming software.
0: Do you know if you can output a multi view from it? Uh, I think you can, yeah. Because that's that would be a a useful feature. So. The, the regular Ada Mini can't. You have to get the Mini Pro if you want to do that. I mean,
1: I don't know for sure,
0: but... It's interesting. I mean, it's just... Because with these things, sometimes I think, you know, could you use this to do, like, a production? Or
1: is this just... Like, is this just made for people that are streaming on Twitch? Or... I mean, I think it's like if you do live stuff and you need something light or you need, like, a mobile live setup, this seems pretty easy. Because the, uh, the Zato thing is, I mean, it's wireless and it connects to Wi-Fi. You can run to a hotspot or whatever. And you can put these two things together and, and run a quick live setup. Yeah, that you're not like tied to a wall or an internet connection. That's pretty cool. It is I mean, I could
0: so, see using that to do, you know, I just need to quickly pop up and live stream this event with, yeah. you know, and I want it to look good. I want to have three or
1: four cameras. Like mm-hmm. you, you could do that yeah. with this pretty easily. Yeah. Seems, seems pretty cool. It brings to question again, to me, what the difference is between the Ninja five and the Ninja five plus. Because it feels like all of the all the features that I would expect to be like price cut between the Ninja Five and the Five Plus just don't exist. Like everything seems to work for all of them. Like mm-hmm. you can record 6.2K now to the Five, and I thought that I was gonna it was gonna be stuck at 4K but they rolled out the update and now you can, you can record those higher resolutions. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's like the Ninja five has been out for so long. Yeah. It's been out for like over two years. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't done that research, so I'm sure there's some
0: difference. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, but it's not like more resolution or Mm -hmm. more specs or whatever. I don't know. I think maybe like the five plus gets brighter. I clearly don't know enough about this. Yeah. I just, every time I see something like this product or like, Oh, we're rolling out a firmware update to be able to handle this new feature of this new camera. I keep waiting to hear like, Oh, well the five plus is right. going to get it, But the five right. is not and they just keep making my ninja 5 better.
0: Well, it makes me happy though cuz I bought one. I don't want to have to buy another ninja sure. and it's great that they're keeping it up to date, you know, and this hardware that's clearly capable of doing all these things. They're just mm-hmm. they're keeping that going and not making you buy a new thing. I mean, that's that's
1: commendable, I think. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, that's I mean, that was, that's kind of a short short topic, but I thought that the the whatever Adam X cast is yeah, Seems like a pretty cool little product, and yeah. I have no so, immediate use for it, mm. and I can't imagine having one soon, but it's good to know that it exists, and it's good to know yeah. that it's an option.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I've always thought about Blackmagic as being kind of the leader in that space, you know, mm-hmm. for like prosumer, multicam, live yeah. stream stuff, but since I already own a Ninja, I would definitely consider something like this. Mm-hmm.
1: So, pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Not
0: really. I mean, there's always more we could talk about with cameras, but we yeah. got to save something for next time. Well, I mean, there is the X-T5. So. Nah, no, we're not talking about that. No Fuji today. <laughs> we already
1: talked about X-Trans a few times. Oh boy. Geez, no more okay. Fuji. Well, just like, just like, just like real quick.
0: That's going to do it for the show today. Thanks for joining us. And if you enjoyed it, we'd encourage you to rate us on iTunes and tell your photography friends about the show. Also check out our website at cameragearpodcast.com to learn more or send us feedback and questions. We'll be back with more next week.